You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the bottom of the hour. Ryan Strachnischke from the Humble Broncos has a cool event coming up at Launchpad. Yep. Also potentially had a life-changing procedure done in Thailand. Uh, we'll ask Ryan about that. Um, also, uh, the golf guys from Sportscent 590, the fan in Toronto, Brent Gunning, Sam McKee, always fun to check up with them. They'll join us in like a minute, literally. I'm um, talking about uh, Rory McIlroy winning the Scottish Open. Look ahead to the Open Championship at Royal Liverpool. That's one thing, too, like I'm, I'm a stickler about calling the proper things. What, what, yeah, it's not the British Open. Nope. The Open Championship, which sounds I, a little I don't know where stuffy, the British but it is. Open came. Is that just like Americans saying, "Oh, it's, it's their, it's their it. national championship"? It's the British Open. Yeah, it's uh, the Stanley Cup Final, not Fine. Finals. It's the NBA, NBA Finals. finals. Uh, yeah. What else? Oh, you, you know how I feel about locker room and hockey. I yeah, hate dressing it. room for hockey, locker room for everything it. else. Clubhouse and baseball. Yeah, uh, I think that's it. Pretty much sportsisms. I don't like I don't like when uh, Canadian sportscasters say nil in soccer. Nah, they beat them three nil. I'm it's like, fine with that because no. I, I think that's just in the <laughs> sport. Because when when I hear like an American guy say three nothing in that sport, it yeah, just but that's makes the me score. Feel, I know it is. I know it is, but it's a sport that's obviously sounds better being called from a, an English accent, and uh, the nil just makes it sound better. Um, our pal of the show, uh, Justin Bourne um, from Sportsnet, just tweeted this out a minute ago. Not sure what the uh, absolutely dead zone of the hockey calendar is, like the furthest possible yeah, day that. from any interesting <laughs> hockey news could be, but we got to be close, right? Everyone tied to the sport is near water or a tee box at this point. Yep, that's pretty much it. Because there's no panic. I don't think there's, there's maybe panic around the fan bases, but I think amongst the teams... I don't think anybody's panicking. Well, especially if you're over the salary cap, you're allowed yeah. to be ten million, ten yeah, uh, percent over the salary this is an cap August heading into the season. Let me, yeah, let me worry about it. Let me take these next two weeks. And again, it, and if you're Craig Conroy in the Flames, yeah, we're still waiting on word on Lindholm and Backlin, and obviously Hannafin deal and Tanev and Zadorov. But yeah, right now, I'd be stunned if we had like a Lindholm signing or deal tomorrow. No. Oh, I would be absolutely stunned as well. Because usually you kind of hear like, uh, you hear rumors, you hear something, like little whispers yeah. down the line, but nothing really outside of that, I guess, Backlund interview with a Swedish newspaper, but, or whatever that was, um, nothing really happening. Yeah. <laughs> like nobody's talking about it. Well, the, the one thing that I am surprised about is why doesn't Austin Matthews have an extension yet? Yeah, it just, it... Like, it, that's a no-brainer if you're the Leafs. Like, top three player in the league. Is he, though? Well, when you're talking about production-wise, I would say he's a top three player in the league. Overall, I mean, we'd have to see more from him come playoff I think, time. Like what? McDavid, Drysaddle, McCarr. I take those guys. Okay. But, again, Matthews is a center as well. So, again, center is right. premium. Sure. Um McCarr's got the health issues, which is kind of well, bugging it's one me. season. I know it's one season, but it's the last couple seasons he's okay. had he's been banged up a bit, so you don't want to see that as a running thing going on. But I don't know. I was uh, top five. He's a top five player. Sure. He's one of the few elites that this league yeah. has. What's taking so long here? Let's find out. Is it a three or a five year deal? Is that what the holdup is? 
obviously Toronto's like, hey, come on, can we please get five? Like five is good. Five will get us to twenty twenty nine. Yeah, can we just get there. Three, three years. Okay, like Tavares. When's Tavares' deal up? Tavares' deal will be it's up in that two time. years left. I so believe. Tavares will be up in that time. Uh, obviously, Nylander probably won't be around the organization anymore. Marner's got well, how many years left on his? Obviously, he just signed his long term, so Marner will be around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. And then always oh, you sign that three year, and then like, oh, we got more money freed up. So we'll see. These two know a little bit more. Yeah. Um, Brent Gunning hosts Leafs Nation pre and post game over on Sportsnet 590. The fan Sam McKee is the producer of Real Kipper and Born. They're also the golf guys on Sportsnet 590. The fan in Toronto joining us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Broadcast Hotline. We say good morning to Brent and Sam. Gentlemen, how are you? Doing well. How are you? That's the question. Big yeah. Joker loss yesterday. Are you like, okay? what do you like? Keep your pants on here. I. I love uh, again. You know how I, you know how passionate I am about my ma- uh, my boyfriend Novak Djokovic. What I love guns is on social media how he's done. He won the French Open thirty five days ago for the second consecutive major this season. We were talking calendar Grand Slam. He's dethroned. It's over. Like people just need to dial it back a little bit. I don't know. This, this Alcaraz pretty good. He is good. I, I was cheering for Joker yesterday. I I found myself rooting for the old veteran here now. I yep. I, I thought that Alex was a you know a bit of a hot shot. Some celebrations and spots that I didn't necessarily think he needed to be. Yeah. <laughs> too many too many fist pumps and, and too much been... looking at his box. I don't like that kind of stuff, Sam. No, no, he, he was yucking it up a little bit too much. There was one where they were like on Deuce, and he just like got it back to Deuce, and he did like this massive celebration. I was like, okay, hot shot, relax here. <laughs> Settle yeah. down. Ended up winning, so so, so he, talked. he he walked a walk. But I love that yesterday. I don't watch a ton of tennis, but yesterday was excellent. No, it was. It was. It was an incredible match on uh, the game's biggest stage. And hey, credit the kid for doing it. Joker just. Choking away that second set, had the set point there, misses a sitter of a back end that he never misses. And again, uh, credit to the kid for winning the major, uh, no question. Uh, wanted to ask you guys first, um, Guns, we'll start with you. Why hasn't Austin Matthews signed yet? What's the holdup here? Uh, well, I would love to tell you that uh, they've got the <laughs> framework of a deal and they're waiting to get William Nylander signed. That's the most sunny, positive version of it, but it's also possible that him and Treliving are just continuing to grind over X percentage of the cap. I don't think it's a conversation about years. I figure that is the easiest part. And from the least perspective of, yes, you want more years, of course, but it's the easiest one to capitulate on because you still have the player. Uh, whereas the money, if it's a sticking point, I, I could see that being the case. You know, we talked about this. When we were doing our morning show this morning. The idea that, you know, Treliving was starting not fresh, but he didn't have the runway to get the deal done with Matthews that Dubas would have had, or even Shanahan would have had those dialogues with him. So, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's super comfortable that he's not signed yet, but I, uh, I don't know that it's panic time either. Uh, Sam, are you panicking? M- maybe. Sam, Sam? Maybe Sam's gone. He was maybe driving. He is. Maybe he's panicking. Uh, guns, that is, is, he faded out there. Maybe he potentially is yeah, because uh, William Elander is a guy that I've talked a ton about on this show because there's just a lot of synergy between uh, potentially William Elander landing in Calgary if there was a deal to be done with a guy like Noah Hannafin potentially on the table. But how much does that contract affect what William Elander is going to do with the Maple Leafs? The Matthews deal. Massive, yeah, I think I think it's a massive one. Matthews is obviously going to be. I mean, it's entirely likely, probably 
probable that he's going to be the new cap setter for an individual player in the league, which means he's going to be it for the Leafs. And the big talk surrounding Nylander has been not so much what he gets, whether it starts with a nine or starts with a 10, but it's how much less is it than all the other guys on this team who he is always lumped in with, you know, he's not Austin Matthews. He's not Mitch Marner, but he did something to close the gap between him and those two players this year. And I think that's probably the big sticking point. It's Matthews is going to be a 13. I think Nylander just had a contract. I don't think this, I know this. He just had a contract where he was paid two, three million less a season than both those guys. I don't know how interested he is in doing that again, especially if he's going to be a guy to take a longer term deal. So I, yeah, I think there's a mm. big, uh, you know, connection between Matthews deal and Nylander's. Well, Sam, before you faded out, I was asking you, are, are you a little panicked right. over the Austin Matthews contract? But at the same time, how much is this about ego and and for William Nylander? It's like when he looks around the room, he's like, I've performed in the playoffs. I'm a consistent goal scorer on this team. i got to get mine too here. I, I'm surprisingly chill about the Austin Matthews thing. Like, I, I really do believe that it's going to get done. And, yeah, like, it's also the summer, George. So I'm like, I, you know, I'm playing golf. The weather's nice. Like, my, <laughs> my thoughts aren't really all in on Austin Matthews' contract, which it probably should be with the line of work that I'm in. But, like, I I think Willie Nylander probably deserves to make more money than, you know, than, than maybe the perception is out there. Like, I think a lot of people are like, oh, I should start with an eight, which I don't think is probably correct. Like, this guy should be in the $9.5 million range, maybe $9 million range. But to me, I don't know if the Leafs can pay him that, fellas. Like, I don't want another general manager to come in here and just start giving in on contract demands like the previous one. Like, at some point, there's got to be a, law, a line drawn in the sand. Like, is the four, the four guys thing hasn't worked. And maybe part of the reason it hasn't worked is you haven't been able to fill out the, the back end the right way or the depth of your roster. Like, of all the summers we've talked about trading William Nylander, we've had this conversation, George, since you were in Toronto, you know this conversation extremely well. It's just... I think this might actually be the one where it has to get done, and it might be the first summer where they actually shouldn't do it because he's finally come into his own. It's a complicated one, fellas. Like, I, I really don't know how it's going to end. I would hope it ends with a contract extension with something that starts with a nine, maybe an eight for, you know, if he's really feeling generous. But I, I, I think this is leaning towards more of him being out the door finally. Uh, boys, obviously the William Nylander thing is hanging over the heads as well. There's a lot of money tied up to, to four big names on this squad. Uh, what, what do you think the, 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 the end date here is with William Nylander? Is he going to be a Leaf here come October, or are they going to find something, something here over the next couple months? I'll jump in. Uh, I don't think that Tree Living is going to feel the pressure to have to move him by the start of camp. I think that he realized the way things played out with Goudreau, and he's talked about not wanting to, you know, relitigate those lessons here in Toronto. But I also think, you know, he's playing with a player who, let's be honest, has a lot more desire to be in Toronto than Goudreau had to be in, in Calgary. So I think that that's why you don't look at the season as a hard and fast stop date on when you either have to have a contract or you have to have a trade. I mean, you can make a hockey trade, especially for a guy like William Nylander. This isn't a move they're going to make to pick up a bunch of futures mm-hmm. and first and prospects. It's going to be a cap hit that comes back that's probably pretty similar to what he makes right now. 
And there are, there are teams that are always looking for an injection of offense, and D-Lander's going to be able to provide that. So, again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's going to be a super easy deal to make in season. But when you look at all the things that happened leading up to Goudreau and you look at the way the circumstances are with Nylander, there's just enough difference there that I think that True Living can totally take it into the season. I also think there's a world. I also think there's a world where you can just let them play. Like you know, okay, if you think you're a nine million dollar player, go out there and have another forty goal year. This is a, mm-hmm. like every year, every year during Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner's window here is a massive year for the Leafs. And mm-hmm. if you trade William Nylander for you know a puck moving defenseman and a depth forward and maybe a future pick or whatever, sure, you make your depth may look better. But if you're looking at it this year, you know it's going to be really hard to replace what what, what William Nylander brings to your roster. So I know it's tough to lose him for nothing, but like this next season is a massive one for the Leafs, where you would like to have William Nylander's contributions. And I don't think it might be the worst thing in the world to just let him play in a contract yeah. year. He scored 40 last year. Maybe he scores 50 in a contract here. You revisit it before free agency opens next year. Maybe the, the cap goes up a little bit. You pay him a little bit more. Like, prove you're worth 10 million bucks if you think you're worth 10 million bucks. And if he does, maybe I, I, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to just let him play it out. And the whole tree living thing is so fascinating, right? Because of the asset management and the whole Johnny Goudreau thing. And is he going to let that happen in Toronto? Super fascinating. Hey, Sam, who's stopping pucks for the Maple Leafs next season? I think it is uh, probably Samsonov and probably Wall, but I am—I wouldn't say I'm really excited about the outlook of those guys over a full season. Like, I have Samsonov a pretty—he had a really good year this year. Uh, I didn't love him in the playoffs. He had a couple good games, but a lot of the times he was—he's just not the most aesthetically pleasing goalie. Flies around a lot. I, Joseph Wall was good in the playoffs for them. He was good in a small sample size, but you know goalies. I think it'll be those two. I don't know what they're going to do with Murray's money, but man, when it comes like I, Gunnar and I talk about this a lot, but how many guys in the league are there that you really trust, right? Like yeah. the Vegas Golden Knights have an incredible defense core. They won the goalie what? what they won the couple of, what? Their fourth string goalie fellas. Like I mean, Aiden Hill was a depth guy for them, and he starts for them. Like goalies are weird. I don't like spending a ton of money in on them, but I also like having a little bit of cost, like a little bit of certainty knowing something. I think those guys are good enough, but I don't love either of them, to be honest with you. Um, that's Sam McKee. Uh, he's along uh, with Brent Gunning here, the golf guys on Sportsnet 590. The fan, they'll do a great job of covering the Leafs over there in Toronto. Joining us here on the big show, Russick and Rose with Patty Dumas, Sportsnet 960, the fan. All right, Gunner, go ahead. Uh, gloat about your boy, Rory McIlroy, getting it done in Scotland for the first time. All right, go ahead. Oh, my sweet prince. <laughs> Tell me, you boys, I've seen that two iron. Well, so well, it I didn't see it live. I didn't no, see I it live. See. Oh, don't get me started on that. What a shock. The game of golf couldn't get out of its own way. It's only your crown prince winning a marquee event right before the last major of the year in perfect TV viewing hours of 10 a.m. Eastern or 8 a.m. for you guys. Like, how could they possibly screw this up? But I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about Rory. Incredible finish. Birdie, birdie. Needed it to force a playoff. Needed one to force a playoff. Needed two to make it. He does it. Now, I will say, I'm terrified he used up all his magic a week early. I'd be lying if that wasn't lurking in my brain 
but how can you not be happy about that? He steals it from the spot. He apologizes to him for winning. Just a 10 out of 10 nails performance from my boy, Rory McIlroy. I got a couple things to say about that. All it took was it for, for it to be a non-major for those putts to drop on the back nine. And uh, secondly, uh, Steph Curry winning that tournament was better for golf than Rory McIlroy winning that tournament. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know the yelling in the backswing of Marty Fish. You probably would have won that if you didn't get the help there from a Steph Curry plant. But whatever. Uh, no, I was just giving a hard time to Gutter. It was a good performance from uh, from his boy Rory. We'll see if it translates. I, you know, everybody talking about how stones he was. Yeah, he's been stones in a lot of non-majors. He's been really good in a lot of. He's got 24 career victories. He hasn't won a major since you know I started at Rogers. So uh, it's now the year 2023. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see if it translates to next week. I, I don't think you want to use up your win before a week before a major. But the last time was it the last time Gunner that he won a major? Yeah. He won the week before. 24? No, it wasn't. You know it wasn't the last time he won a major. It was the last. He uh, was the last guy to win in 2014, the week before a major, and he did that before he won at Valhalla at the PGA. Aha! Mm. Uh-huh. So there you go, fellas. Maybe a little good juju for Rory McIlroy. Uh, I want to ask you, uh, Sam, about Tyrrell Hatton. Uh, great boiler on him uh, as well, but also really fiery out there on the golf course, uh, kind of turning into, I don't know if he's, he's not Patrick Reed like, but man, he's getting up there with running super hot with guys like John Rahm. Is it too much for Tyrrell Hatton on the course right now for you? No, I think it's great to have a couple guys like this. Like, listen, I wouldn't want to play with them. Like if I got paired <laughs> up with them at, a, at, you know, at Lakeview and I, a guy was snapping and yelling F bombs or whatever, I'd be like, all right, I don't know if I want to do this anymore, but for me, watching it on TV, it adds a little bit of color. Don't mind it. Guy's passionate about the game. He's also an excellent golfer. Yeah. Who, you know, he's always in the mix, so it's fun to watch him on TV. I think it's good. I think Rombo, he, he runs a little bit hot, too, but you want to have a little color. You can't have all these guys just being like, oh, I accept my fate. I'm sad that putt didn't go in, but I'm not going to say anything about it. Like, having a guy that gets pissed off about missing putts and shots and whining about courses, you need that in golf. You need a little bit of entitlement in the, one of the most entitled sports, so why not? Give me a little T-Rail hat. Yeah, not bad. Um, Gunner, I have to ask you, uh, Scotty Scheffler again, the, the eye-popping stats uh, just are just incredible. He's doing stuff striking the golf ball that we've not even Tiger Woods has accomplished here the last few weeks yet. Uh, the putter's been letting him down. He just has to putt average to potentially win this thing. Is he your favorite heading into Royal Liverpool? Very tough with Lynx golf, but he did just have a top 10 over at the Scottish Open now. That's a little bit of a, that's not really a true Lynx test. It is a little bit different. Honestly, George, I don't even know why he put the putter in his bag. He should go full Phil Mickelson. Just toss another driver in there. There's no point. He might as well just chip while bellying a wedge. There is, it, there has never been a player playing this well since Peak Tiger, and even this is beyond that. But he cannot hit a putt to save his life. I could not, in good conscience, bet a guy to win a major who cannot hit a putt to save his life right now. But if he feels like a lock to be a top 10. Just have enough ball striking to be there. Yeah. He's going to be in the mix, but until I see those putting numbers improve, I cannot, cannot tell him, say he's going to win the major. Uh, Sammy, where are you at with guys like Hovland and Ricky Fowler and maybe even a Jordan Spieth heading into the Open Championship? I, I think the favorite's Rory, boys. I, I don't know how you can't bet on Rory. Like This guy is coming in. You know, he just won on a linksy style course. 
all the momentum from last year, the narratives are writing itself. After last year, it getting it pulled away from them by Cam Smith. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't bet on it because that was he seven, eight to one. That's an insane bet. But I think he deserves to be the favorite. So I, I like all those guys. I like Hovland. I like, I like betting a European guy at the Open or like, I don't know why I do that because I don't feel like they've won as one in a while. When's the last time a European guy was it Shane Lowry? Was the last guy to win a European, a European yeah. to win the Open. But yeah. I, I, I like betting on, I like Hovland. He's due for one. And there's always that boy, Cam Smith, with the flow and mullet that yep. ripped away the Claret Jug from Rory last year. Get hotter than anyone with the putter. The distance thing isn't that important in Lakes Golf. I like him, too. I, I think there's a lot of guys. That's what's so great about golf, fellas. You can talk yourself into the top 25 at bets. Like, right. from 7-1 to one down to 40-1, to one, there's so many guys that could win this tournament. So, I do, I do like Rory, though, fellas. I'd have a tough time seeing him not being in the mix on Sunday. Uh, Gunner, which Canadian has the best chance to win this thing this week? Uh, Corey Connors had a pretty good showing, uh, as did Nick Taylor. I think that Lynx Golf is just such a crapshoot. Uh, you've got to go with just the best ball striker of the group, so give me Connors. I, I think that it's going to be a lot of uh, luck of the draw for those guys, and honestly, yeah, just give me Connors. He's the best player of the bunch, and uh, he's the best ball striker. So, yeah, can he, can he putt his way, though, to, no, to, to an open? <laughs> okay. Absolutely not. No, no, I don't think so either. Uh, Boys, always a pleasure. Uh, Brent Gunning, Sam McKee, Golf Guys on Sportsnet, 590 The Fan. You guys are doing the morning show too? You guys dominating that? How's waking up early again? Uh, I'm I'm dominating it. Sam McKee is getting through it. Uh, Okay, all right. That's fair. The first first hour from 6 to 7, like, I legitimately cannot remember what I say every day. Like, I'm so tired. Like, I show up there and, like, all right, let's do Sports Talk Radio. I'm like, is this good? Like, I don't think this is good. I can't remember what I'm saying. So, uh, the wake-up call has not gotten any easier. But at least I get to do it with my great friend, Brent Gunning, who I enjoy talking to. Look at you guys. You guys are so sweet. Uh, Thanks, pals. Let's do it again soon. Anytime. Take care, boys. All right. See you, Sammy. There he goes. Uh, the golf guys on Sports Center 590, the fan. They also do a great job covering the Leafs. William Nylander walking in a free agency? <laughs> they Could be. They, but they again, can, like, again, like they're I saying, can, like, the Leafs are better I, with I, them. I, like, the K, like, I agree. Like, one, the one really, I mean, he's a really good player, but one huge career year like this, that's not, not just worth $10 million. I think, you know, you got to prove it again. Yep. Because, yeah, you want to be a $10 million player, that's 40 goals every year. Yeah. That's a 40-goal guy every year. Uh, the boys joined us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, 15-time Consumer's Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast for pickup or delivery. Call 403 248 44. Uh, straight ahead. Uh, really excited to talk to our next guest. Got a great event coming up at Launchpad. Uh, Ryan Strashnishki uh, from the Humble Broncos uh, will join us next. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sports at 960, the fan. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sports at 960, the fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Matty Rose still on vacation. Patrick Dumont co hosting. We'll wrap up the show with some more of your. NFL team text at 960-960. I'm, I'm trying to ask the listeners, like, what, who's your NFL team? What's what's the number one NFL team in the city? It's a mixed bag out there. It is definitely a mixed bag. It's a potpourri, mm-hmm. Patrick, potpourri. of uh, NFL teams. But uh, joining us on the line right now, um, doing a launch uh, a charity event at Launchpad uh, from the Humble Broncos, uh, Ryan Strash Niski. Ryan, good morning. How are you? 
Good, how are you? Good, Ryan. Thanks for jumping on. Tell us why uh, you're jumping on today and how important this uh, cause you're doing here coming up uh, next month. Yeah, so I, uh, I'm hosting a charity golf tournament at Launchpad and Heritage Point at the end of August to uh, essentially raise awareness for adaptive sports. I mean, it's one of those things where sports has changed my life. It taught me so much both on and off the ice that I want to provide that to uh, people with disabilities. So um, I'm bringing the adaptive paragolfer that I used to play golf, and we're going to kind of showcase um, this adaptive sports world in hopes that we can raise awareness and hopefully uh, include everyone and, and grow the sport. Uh, where can people get tickets? And what, what can they expect from the event? Uh, yeah, they can get tickets on strassstrongfoundation.com slash launch. And, uh, you know, at the event, we're going to have a lot of Paralympians, Olympians, uh, some maybe the, the on-the-bench guys are going to come. So uh, it's going to cool. be a great event. It's going to be a lot of people there. We're going to have a lot of fun, and I uh, can't wait. Um, speaking of uh, Paralympics, you, you, you have aspirations to be on Canada's Paralympic hockey team. Uh, how's that dream coming along for you? It's good. I mean, it's, it's a work in progress. I'm, I'm training as much as I can and, and going to try and get one step closer every day. So uh, on top of hockey, I mean, there's other sp- summer sports as well that I'd love to play in the Paralympics for. Uh, it, it, again, it's a huge uh, learning process, but I'm, uh, I'm working my butt off and, and hoping for the best. What are some of the other sports that, uh, as a Paralympic athlete, you can take? Obviously, sledge hockey is the number one, and that's where you want to be. But what are some other uh, sports that uh, people with physical disabilities that maybe yourself are, are taking part that, that helps you to be, still be a, a, a big athlete? Yeah, I mean, uh, I wasn't uh, fully aware of all the sports I could play, but I actually got introduced to wheelchair basketball, yeah, wheelchair right. rugby, uh, tennis, rowing, like all these sports that I never had the chance to play growing up. And now that I'm actually immersed in it, I understand, you know, just how difficult and exciting the sport can be. So I, I thought, you know, why not? Why not take this as far as I can go? Uh, Ryan, were you surprised how physical uh, those sports potentially <laughs> can be? Oh, yeah, like wheelchair rugby. I, I wasn't sure what to expect, but as soon as I got rocked uh, in the middle of the, <laughs> the court there, I was like, all right, we're in it to win. So uh, that's when I kind of turned it up a gear and, and, you know, love the contact. So, yeah, you love the contact. So you, you, you were like, yeah, they, that gets you more into the game. Like once you hit, you're hit a couple times. Like, okay, now I can feel it. I can, uh, I see where I am on the ice and everything. You do. So you almost like you embrace the contact to give out a little more. Exactly. I mean, I, I, that always gets the adrenaline going. It gets everyone pumped up and, um, yeah, it just makes you want to hit them even harder. Who are some of the uh, other Olympic athletes, Paralympic athletes that uh, will be joining you down there at the end of August? We're going to have a lot of uh, sled hockey guys, uh, guys like uh, Zach Lavin and Adam Kingsman, who were on the uh, Paralympic team uh, just recently. Uh, we're going to have wheelchair rugby player Zach Medell, uh, wheelchair basketball player Nick Gonchin. Um, yeah, the whole list goes on and on, but uh, we're going to have a whole, whole lot of athletes out there helping out to, and being a part of the event. Ryan Strashnitsky uh, from the Humble Broncos joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sports at 960, the fan. Uh, Ryan, watched a really interesting piece uh, about the procedure uh, you had done in Thailand. Uh, for listeners who aren't aware uh, the procedure you had done, can you explain it to us and what has it meant to you so far after undergoing that uh, surgery? Yeah, so it's called an epidural stimulation device, and uh, it was implanted of the T10 vertebrae, which is the lower back. Essentially, it's attached to a battery pack and a bunch of electrodes where I have this Bluetooth remote that allows me to do different programs for different movements, such as uh, moving my hips, uh, walking, things like that, where um, hopefully it connects that neural pathway so that uh, I don't have to use the device later on in life. But for now, it's allowing me to move and keep my legs healthy. It's it's Uh, meant a lot. 
Um, like just just talk about uh, the day after uh, the surgery that all of a sudden uh, you were able to, to to have feeling and sensation in parts where you haven't had in a while. Just, just tell us on how miraculous after waking up and recovering from that that how this has already started to change your life. Yeah, it was surreal. I remember waking up and then the doctor was there and he said, "All right, watch this." And he hit a button on this iPad and my leg shot up and almost hit me in the head. And <laughs> wow, um, you know, it was super exciting. I was like, "Wow, all right, here we go. We're we're uh, we're doing this." So uh, ever since then, I've just been putting in the work and using it as much as I can. Are, are, do you do you, have, do you do you feel that when the doctor does that? Like, how, how is that sensation? How, how do you feel those sensations? It, it's a very hard thing to describe, but uh, essentially my leg's moving. I don't have uh, full sensation, but I, I do understand that it's moving and that I'm trying to think as hard as I can to try and get that, that motor connection going again. So it's, it's a hard feeling to describe, but I'm happy it's working. Uh, Ryan, why Thailand and not Canada? So Thailand uh, was the only one offering it. Um, I mean, obviously, the the medical field here in Canada, I don't know too much about it, but I know that we have the device here, but it's not uh, recognized for spinal cord injuries. So hmm. uh, unfortunately, I had to go all the way to Thailand to have the procedure done. Take me through a regular day now for you, especially after this remarkable surgery. W- 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 just tell me what your day consists of. For sure. I mean, uh, I mean, on a, today, uh, I go to physio at 8.30, and then I go to training at around 10. Afterwards, I might hit, hit the ice or hit the courts or, uh, you know, catch up on some work or, or do whatever I can to stay busy. But I try to get everything I done, uh, have to do uh, in the morning and then in the afternoons, I save time to, you know, go to events or, or go hang out with friends or, or just get some uh, relaxing time, I guess, before I have to travel or, or go to the gym again. Motivation's never a problem, is it? <laughs> No, no, I'm always uh, always motivated. I mean, um, the biggest internal factor for me is just always trying to get better and to, to prove to myself that you know, no, no matter the situation that you're in, you're more than capable of achieving your goals. Uh, Ryan, before I let you go, uh, just let the listeners, uh, where we can find uh, your event, where we can buy tickets, and how important it is. Absolutely. That. So there's all social, social media handles, uh, strassstrongfoundation.com. Uh, the website is uh, strassstrongfoundation.com slash launch. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking to, to add a bunch of teams and just get the awareness going. So, you know, I appreciate the, appreciate the plug, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the event. Uh, we're excited uh, what the future holds for you and uh, terrific news after that uh, surgery. Ryan, thanks for this, pal. Thanks, Strass. Thank you. There's uh, Ryan Strachnischke uh, from the Humble Broncos joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. 15-time Consumer's Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. For pickup or delivery, call 403-248-3344. Uh, the event features two hours at launch pad at Heritage Point and yep. then a round of golf at Heritage Point and dinner in auction. Uh, great job uh, providing access to adaptive sports for all. And uh, just an, an incredible story uh, for Ryan, especially. That, he, the launch pad actually goes for uh, 10 to 5. You can get a launch pad all day, and then the 18 hole starts at one thirty. Awesome. Yeah, so all uh, day It's all for a great at, cause. Yeah, all down at Heritage Point, uh, just south of the city here. You got a, a dinner after the show, with uh, w- after the event, with uh, auction items and testimonials from from all the all the people that will be there representing, uh, helping out Ryan and, and launch charity golf tournament. But, yeah, this is a really, really cool thing. Uh, Calgary Flames Foundation also in support. Uh, got a lot of sponsors. But, yeah, head over to uh, uh, strassstrongfoundation.com uh, cool. for all the details, get involved, uh, and sign up, register your team if you like. Uh, terrific stuff. Um, got about 15 minutes to go here uh, in today's show. Um, got, a got a lot of texts here. Um, been wondering, been thinking about this. We had Charles Davis on earlier at seven o'clock uh, with the news that DeAndre Hopkins signing with the Tennessee Titans. It's a lean time, 
uh, for NHL news. Uh, so lean that you get an email uh, from well, our Connor Bedard email. got his, his signed his entry level. Oh, shocker! Yeah. Uh, Connor Bedard his, signed his entry his level birthday. deal. And uh, the Jets signed uh, Morgan Barron to a two-year contract. Good depth piece for them. Morgan was, yeah. uh, was a really good play, p- player. Came along in that uh, in the Andrew Cop deal, but uh, yeah, Morgan Barron was a uh, fit well in that bottom six there in Winnipeg. Uh, okay, um, but we've been also taking a ton of text messages on who's the NFL team of the city of Calgary. And by all the, what I've seen this morning on the text line, uh, Patrick, it, it's a wide variety. Uh, the Seahawks seem like they're the, the number one team, but we're getting everything. Uh, our man, Brent Cron uh, from Earl, Gay, uh, Earl Grey Golf Course, uh, Bears, Chicago Bears. Uh, Mark in Calgary, go Falcons, go. It was Ben, intern Ben. He's a Falcons fan. Really? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, team in in Calgary, Texans because Andre Johnson, uh, Arian Foster, oh, and JJ great Watt. Days. Matt Schwab at quarterback. Yeah, Colin in the core. Uh, fly Eagles, fly. We're getting a lot of Eagles. Yeah, I mean Philly. I mean Philly's like the they're the top of the NFC right now. I mean it's probably them in San Francisco. Uh, they probably got the best quarterback in the conference. Uh, it's but that division is tough, man. You know, the teams that lose the Super Bowl usually don't go back the next year and have yep. a really good year. No, but it seems like they're the class of the they NFC. They are the class of the NFC. And it, it, I wouldn't even say, like, it is San Francisco just alone. Just like, if you can get away the quarter, figuring out the quarterback, it's going to be Trey Lance or it could be um, Sam Darnold Oof. as Brock Purdy tries to get healthy here. But he could, is actually could be healthy for, for week one. So outside of that quarterback room, but again, Kyle Shanahan, the way he's. It doesn't matter who's the quarterback there. It's just yeah. he's and he believes that Sam Darnold might be the most talented of it all, and that Sam Darnold gets in a situation like he's in San Francisco, we could see the true Sam Darnold. Yeah, I th- I think when it comes to Sam Darnold, you're right. Like yeah. he just his situations yeah. just never jived. Like that that it was a mess in New York with Always the Jets. Is. It was a mess in Carolina with the Panthers. The stopgap, and maybe but, he needs yeah. uh, the the genius that is Kyle Shanahan to maybe revitalize yeah. his NFL career. He's got the skill. He's got the ability. Yeah. He can move his feet. We've seen flashes. Yeah. Um, Mark in uh, Copperfield, I love this Chiefs fan. Since watching Trent Green, Priest Holmes, and Johnny Morton, ha! is there a team that has better team photos than the Kansas City Chiefs with their mock turtlenecks with the Chiefs logo on it? They oh, still yeah. rock those. Yeah. I don't get in their it. Photoshop, yeah, all in their like photos, all with the turtleneck. It's great. Yeah, you, but... you want to talk about one of the legends of fantasy football history? Priest Holmes, yeah, was a fantasy football mm-hmm. legend. Um. Baby uh, Bana in Horizon, uh, Seattle Seahawks, or Bana in Horizon, uh, Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they're closest to YYC. Okay. Uh, Nick, this is a guy you, uh, Green Bay Packer, Cheesehead Baby, all the way. Yeah. Again, like this is what we're talking about. Greg from Calgary, Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, another one. How about them Cowboys? Uh, go Niners, Devin. It's just incredible. Like It's, it's Wedley, all over the Wedley place. Wedley thinks Calgary's a Packers town. Yeah. Wait, uh, he, yeah, he's a Cowboys fan, but I know the Packers always get the end of his Cowboys. So. Uh, uh, this one, please attach your name and location. We'd like to give you credit. Uh, I absolutely despise the NFL. Never watched an NFL game. Do you have a spot spot for the New York Giants as they won me a uh, bet when they beat the Patriots who were undefeated at that point? That was a good Super Bowl. I'm, I, I've am i talked about this on the show. I still can't <laughs> believe the Patriots ah, well, lost I mean, that game. Was, was, I still can't believe the it. The Giants defense was amazing that playoff, and it showed up in that Super Bowl. Uh, but yeah, just to hold Tom Brady to what ten points the entire way. Yep. Uh, David Tyree doing the unthinkable catch. Obviously, to double get to miracle that is Eli Manning getting the hell out of that. Yep. Mess and Mike Carey not blowing the whistle. Uh, <laughs> getting it down to David Tyree and then Plaxico Burris makes a uh, a great catch to win that one. 
Uh, yeah, it's it, it, that's still amazing. Like the how close the Patriots were to being undefeated, and and then for after that they kind of had to wait a little bit. They had to wait all what four or five years for their next one. Yeah, <laughs> so. Plexico Burris um, making that catch or shooting himself while wearing uh, sweatpants at the club. <laughs> Which one is he going to be known for more? I would hope the catch. Okay, I would hope the catch. But right away, I think Plexico Burris. I think of him shooting <laughs> Shoot himself, himself while wearing sweatpants <laughs> at the club. Um. Dolphins, because when I was seven years old, the only team I knew, thanks Ace Ventura. It's fair. I knew a Dolphins fan because of uh, because of Ace Ventura. Uh, Craig and Three Hills, Chicago Bears, because my uh, brother cheers for the stupid Packers. That's fair. Pick a rival team. Hate. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Kelsey and Renfrew, uh, go Bills. Bills fan. Mark and Lakeview, uh, who dat? Saints fan since the early 90s. Okay. Okay. George, I mean, from, yeah. George from Calgary, Bills Mafia. Like it's just all over the map in this city. It is. It, you could probably have a fan of every thirty-two teams in this city. I guarantee you there is. Now here's a question I want to ask you: um, If Toronto eventually got an NFL team, yeah. would people in Calgary cheer for that team, much like the Blue Jays? I don't think so. I don't think so. The NFL is uh, is like the second most popular sport in this country. I think people re- have. Watch the NFL and know the NFL enough that we don't need a local local team in our country to to root for them. And especially, I think it's different with the Raptors and Blue Jays because they were because the NBA and the MLB they haven't really captured the minds of all Canadians so much when mm-hmm. it comes to the sports sporting landscape as it is the NFL. Like only the NHL is 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 better than the NFL in this country. And in some spots, I mean, hey, I'm an NFL guy over an NHL guy for sure. I'll always like football over is my number one sport for sure. Uh, but yeah, I think if Toronto ever were to get a team expansion, likely. Um, no, I, I think I think a lot of people would uh, in Ontario. Well, that's the thing. Another thing is a lot of those guys are Bills fans. A lot of those guys have allegiances to the Lions and teams around their area. Like, no, I hate jumping for, off from somebody from Southern Ontario. Yeah. It's, it's Bills. It's Bills. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying like Ontario as a whole or even Quebec or something like that with they also being being that, oh, we can we're a four hour drive away from an NFL team. We're also, you know, like and it's in our country. We don't have to go into a new country. We could stay here. It's everything. So I think it would be more maybe teams out east, the, kind of, the people out east that would be more gravitas towards the uh, Toronto NFL base. But right now, I think if the NFL wants to expand, it'll be London. Oh no! Yeah, one hundred percent. I think the NFL goes to London and Mexico City before it even, even yeah. remotely gives Toronto the possibility. No, Buffalo is too much of a, a close market to them. That new stadium in Buffalo is going to do tons of them. I know it's not an indoor stadium, so there won't be no Super Bowl. But uh, yeah, that stadium and that area. Yeah, but apparently, they're going to dig it deeper, so the wind isn't as much of uh, a factor. That's fine and all, but I mean, you're still not going to have a Super Bowl in early February in upstate New York. But no, though the. No, think that that potentially could be a possibility. You build a stadium, you get it the Super Bowl. It took them forever for New York just to get one. We don't you know forever going back to New York, right? So, but hey, Super Bowl Fifty was at MetLife. Yeah, no, well, no, it was forty-seven. Fifty was in San Francisco. Seattle's first Super Bowl was at MetLife. That beat down at Denver. That was that. I thought that was Super Bowl Fifty. No, Fifty was Denver beating Carolina and Santa Clara. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was Super Bowl 50 48 or 47 was on midlife. Um, can I just tell you that the yeah. biggest feat of uh, strength and uh, just um, human perseverance is uh, trying to stay awake from a Bill's bus ride that gets picked up <laughs> at 5 a.m. 
and you start drinking and you go to a one o'clock Bills game and then you get bussed all the way back to Toronto and it's like six or seven at night mm-hmm. and try to stay awake for the Sunday nighter. It's impossible. It'd be like Joey Chestnut's bus ride from Coney Island to down to, to Manhattan. That no, it's impossible. Yeah, no, I couldn't do that. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I, I would probably want to drive myself down there and drive back. Just so no, I, no, you can't. No, well, I'm you, not a drinker, right? So I can just do whatever the heck I want. Sure. Um, any team that has Alex Singleton on it, Ken and uh, Carstairs. Well, there you go. Alex Singleton's a... Uh, I like that. Yep. Um, Peter from Calgary, Raiders just win, baby. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, John, on, uh, John on Deerfoot. I've been a Raider Nation member since I uh, yeah, read Ra- uh, Ra- Stabler, uh, Ken Stabler's, not Lem. Uh, Ken Stabler's book as a kid. Yeah, and uh, Raiders will definitely be a popular. They're, they're all see that legacy, that look. You know, every the, everybody looks good in Raiders gear. That black and silver. You know, the hats. It's it's like obviously like you got the, the the gangster rap culture there too with the them using the L.A. Raiders look back in the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, the Raiders are totally popular. Uh, Tyler from the Dallas Cowboys. Mom asked me when I was uh, going to church when I was fifteen. I said no, the Cowboys are playing. Then she walked away. <laughs> uh, Cowboys all the way. Uh, Alex on campus Vikings. That's the first Vikings text yeah, we've received which, this morning. Uh, Lou is a Vikings fan. My dad's a Vikings fan. Yeah. Uh, a good friend of mine is a Vikings fan. I know a couple good friends of mine are Vikings fans. Uh, yeah, in Minnesota, like that's a Saskatchewan and Manitoba thing. There's a lot more Viking fans for sure out there because like, we're hop, skipping a jump to Minneapolis for sure from Winnipeg. But yeah, like out of the NFC North teams, there's probably Packers are probably the most popular team. Then I would say the Vikings. Um, growing up in Alberta in the 80s was all Seahawks, Broncos, 49ers, Raiders on TV, Jason and Okotoks. Yeah, it's it's that late kickoff. We wouldn't we wouldn't usually yeah. if we we were lucky if we got an early kick, but most of the time it was the 205. Oh, here's Seattle down in San Diego and some old AFC West action. Uh Carter from Auburn, uh Tennessee Titans, super pumped about um DeAndre Hopkins. Now we just need a new QB. Yeah, I know Tannehill's been good there. Tannehill's been serviceable. Uh, yeah. he's gotten them two points. I mean, you have to just point to last two years ago, the AFC divisional final where they had the Bengals on the ropes and they were so close to a championship game. They were in the championship a few years before against Kansas city as well. So Tannehill has gotten them to that point. They blew a lead to Kansas city in the AFC championship. If I'm not, if I don't, if I recall, yeah. um, yeah, no, I think Tannehill's a serviceable guy. And I think out of that quarterbacks in that division, he's probably the second best one for sure. Uh, Glenn and Deer run Chicago because I love pain and suffering. <laughs> yeah, the Bears. No, if you, no, you got to be a Lions fan if you like pain and suffering. Well, the Bears. I mean, Browns, Lions. Yeah, I mean the Bears can always hold. Like, the Bears have their their one Super Bowl. Um, obviously, they obviously have some NFL championships back in the day. But again, Cleveland and Detroit, they're, they're two teams they have not ever played in a Super Bowl. No. Uh, Detroit last played in a championship game in 1991. Cleveland's last championship game was 1987, I think, against mm. Denver. That was the drive. The drive. Um, yeah, it's been some lean days. And again, these two teams, they when they entered the league, they like uh, Cleveland's last championship was 1964. That was their last ever NFL championship. I think the Lions, you got to go back to the 50s for theirs. Uh, Christian from Calgary, Arizona Cardinals. My high school was the Cardinals, so I figured that. Technically, well. the Cardinals had the longest drought of everybody. They've gone. They're the yeah, oldest yeah, yeah. team. They were in Chicago. They're in Chicago. They're older than the Packers, actually. Uh, but they've gone eighty-six years without a championship. Uh, Larry and Cranston, born and raised in Chicago, the Bears the whole way. 
Uh, Tom in uh, Cedar Bray. I've been uh, cheering for the Seahawks since I moved here in 2001. Uh, Lloyd from New Brighton, uh, running gold all the way, 49ers fan. Like, again, it's just all over the map yeah. here. Yeah, like, it is a like a potpourri of everything down here. I like uh, dolphins. Uh, haven't I haven't seen heard any, any. I haven't seen any dolphins fans. Uh, one dolphin fan. There was a uh, no one, Rams fans no here. Rams. Eh. Uh, De Bears from Hacksaw. Thank you, Hacksaw. Loving De Bears. Yeah, Cardinals surprised me. I thought we'd get more Broncos than we did. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people are just kind of soured on the Broncos with uh, with um, with Russell there and. Uh, Broncos country. Well, Nathaniel Hackett's not there anymore. It's going to be. Oh yeah, Derek Wills is a Dolphins fan. Yeah, he is. Yeah, um, Sean Payton. Going to be interesting to see what he does. With the I think Denver Sean Broncos. Payton's going to turn turn that thing around. Uh, I think Russell Wilson is too good of a quarterback to have him completely forget how to play this game. Uh, we know that he's a weird. He's a weird cat. Yep. But I think he can still do this job, and uh, it'll be interesting. That AFC West is not getting any easier, and they're running out of time. Uh, Nate Eagles. All the way. Um, oh, we got a Rams Jesse fan. Northwest, the Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys star is in a logo. It's a rating. Uh, who dat? Okay, all right. Uh, Noah from Calgary, Tampa Bay, baby. Love those uh, creamsicle jerseys. Hey, James from uh, Millrise, the Rams, Rams all fan. the way here for some hurt, but we can uh, dry out the tears of that Super Bowl ring. Of course, Steelers all the way, model franchise in the NFL, three coaches in 50 years, and uh, Tom and Cochran. My two close friends are Broncos fans, strictly because of those South Park episodes. LOL. Terrific stuff. Thanks for all your uh, texts yeah. at 960-960 name and location. What's coming up in Mucho Big Show? I think we'll have uh, Charles Davis and then I believe GVP, Azam, or Sean. One of the three will have your stampede results uh, yeah. from the final day of the rodeo and the chuck wagons. Elaine McGilvery won the won the 100 grand in the chuck wagons. I can't tell you who won any of the rodeo competitions. Uh, we'll have well, that for you at 9.30. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, check out the podcast. Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Have a terrific day. Bye. Sit, Ubu. Sit. Good dog.